Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, welcome. It's another episode of Love's a Pitch. I'm your host, Carolyn Bergier. It's a podcast where we have queer folks come on and tell us why you, yes, you specifically should date them or somebody you know or someone that you've ghosted or dated, whatever. We're just trying to connect people here. Uh, One quick announcement. I did cancel my April 30th Love's a Pitch live show in Brooklyn that I've been talking about. Had a lot of things come up, and uh, instead, I'm just going to be doing one big show around Pride. I think that's going to be June 20th, so keep that on your radar. But unfortunately, the April 30th show isn't happening, but I still encourage everybody to go out and have a fun weekend and make some connections because that's what this is all about, right? Well, speaking of connections, this is someone I connected with for the first time years ago and do not run into enough. So really was a joy to get to hear what they've been up to and why you should date them. I'm here with Sagan Chen today. How's it going? It's been a while. Hey, hey, what up, what up? It has been clitoral years. (laughs) Do you remember how we met? Was it Clexicon? It was Clexicon. I only asked that because sometimes, like lately, I've been running into people who I've known for so long or have like been in my orbit. And then I'm like, wait, I don't even know how we met. Like, there are so many ways we could have met. But you, I remember meeting at Clexicon and you were very friendly. And that was my first Clexicon. And I was very shy. I felt very lost. I didn't know what I was doing. I was there alone and oh you were great you like came up to the front of the room after the panel and everything yeah well you did great on the panel can you explain clexicon to our listeners because i feel like a lot of people still don't know what it is i would love to i'm uh, my explanation might differ from other people's but clexicon was basically a conference for like queer women and femmes in response to this like horrible barrier tropes trend that was like, sorry, barrier gays. Barrier tropes is a documentary that I did about (laughs) barrier gays, if anyone would like to check it out. Oh. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was in response specifically kind of to what felt like the last straw, which was a character named Lexa's death on a show called The Hundred. I think it was, it had a lot of buzz and a lot of people attended and they got some really cool people to show up and do some panels. It happens in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. 
which is a wild, wild place. Yes. I hate Vegas. And let me tell you, I did panels there multiple years, but every year it was like, I was like, here for the gays, not here for the Vegas. I'm not a big Vegas fan. I have to say that was my first time going to Vegas and I liked it so much more than I thought I would. I thought I would hate, like nothing about me should like Las Vegas. (laughs) But I think I just enjoyed the spectacle of it. It's a really crazy play. It's so bizarre. It was, it's it's bizarro land. It's like yeah. social experiment gone kind of wrong land. Yeah. Like there's like an Ellen DeGeneres slot machine. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've got slot machines after like every random TV show from the 2000s. It's really bizarre. Right. Right. Somebody described Clexicon to me once as dinosaur for nerds. And I really love that. <laughs> I felt like that really captured... The vibe, but it, de- but that doesn't capture how it's like focused on. You know, you don't have to be a nerd to be into queer relationships on television, right? Because like a queer relationship should and can show up in any media, right? So right. I think that was like part of the the appeal was that like you could be a fan of like Supergirl or right. you could be a fan of like Orphan Black or. I was going to say, a lot of it's sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah, the one day at a time panel actually. I I hadn't watched one day at a time because Netflix did no marketing for it. So oh, I didn't even know it existed. I love that show. So I watched the panel and I was falling in love with these actors, with all mm-hmm. the clips. Rita Morena called in to Clexicon and was on speakerphone. And it it was crazy. And I watched the whole thing when I got back and I loved I'm like laughing, I'm crying at a multicam sitcom. Yeah. I mean, I do want to credit, like, I hadn't really been a person who attended cons very much. I had, like, friends who did. But once I started doing panels at Clexicon, I think that actually really contributed to my understanding of, like, I think it sort of expanded my idea of found family and queer community in a way that I, like, wasn't expecting. And the energy at a con is just so good. Yeah, it's I like love everyone it. is there and everyone's defaulting, hopefully, right? Or at least this was my experience, defaulting to like such a place of support. Right. And, like, you know, it's like you see someone dressed up and you're like, I don't even know what you're dressed up as, but you're freaking killing it. You yeah. Know? Like, good for you. <laughs> you did that shit. Yeah. And it's like everybody has such a strong desire for like inclusion and representation. And I, I learned so much from it and just learning from even well, just like creators at all different scales. You know, you have people yeah. who are working at big networks. You have people who have produced movies that have been in theaters. And then you also have YouTubers and people that YouTube is where their their content lives. We are getting so off topic here. Oh. Uh, I just love the chance to I feel like you run into so few people who know about Clexicon. So when I get the chance and, and that's how we met, I thought it was appropriate. But let's get into your pitch. First, I want to ask you to tell our audience, how do you identify? Oh, shit. Well, I guess that could be how I identify. I kind of identify as a piece of shit most most days. Stop. Hopefully in an endearing way. You're reacting like it's a trick question, which sometimes I feel like it is. (laughs) Yeah. My name is Sagan. I use mostly he and they pronouns. I'm a Chinese-American artist based in New York. I do a lot of film. I do TV when they'll freaking hire me. I do a lot of theater. I do love theater. And I'm not moving to L.A. (laughs) Love it. 
to add that in my identification. I'm gender fluid. I'm poly. I'm five, 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 six in the mornings. If you're asking me to slate, do a full body slate. Um, yeah. All right. That's good. That was identifying for like somebody who's trying to sketch a perp. Um, yeah. Like you've just given a lot of info. Also, also currently for those of you listening to the podcast and not watching, I kind of look like I think that I'm like cosplaying The Rock in the 90s. <laughs> you know that famous picture of him with the fanny? This is it. I and mean, he has a chain like this. And also he I has have a one chain. earring that is a knife. <laughs> okay. I love the earring. He does have a chain like that. And I also feel like I've seen him in black turtlenecks like that, like when he's yeah. trying to look sensitive. Yeah. Well, here I am, sensitive boy. <laughs> All right. Well, you have, you know, one to two minutes. It's really loosey-goosey. Tell our audience why you think you're a catch. well when it starts with a maniacal laugh you know you're in for something good okay uh i'm a catch because i am totally willing to slash forced into all the time uh winging shit so right now for instance i'm winging it why am i a catch having to make a single choice will cause me to spiral for hours so if you are a person who likes to make choices i'm the one for you I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm an artist and I feel like being someone who knew they were poly, but like couldn't put words to it for a very long time and knew they were genderqueer and didn't know how to, you know, word that for a really long time. I think I like came at life from the other side of the thing, which was to like look at everything and be like, why is that a rule? Why is it a box that I got to be in? And I think that's actually really informed my worldview. And like just like stepping outside and seeing the bigger picture, questioning systems, why they exist, who it benefits. I think I do things for the joy of like community. And I am not a great cook. I put peanut butter in my stir fry. My other thing was I was going to maybe just like text a bunch of friends and partners and exes and be like, send me your reviews and I'll read them live without reading them beforehand, like mean tweets, because I like mean tweets. But that didn't work out. <laughs> what do you think it would say? Like a, a review from, let's say, do you have a current partner? I do. So a review from a current partner and your most recent ex. What's the Yelp review? A review from a current partner, the Yelp review. I have very substantial cheeks. Only up top, not downstairs, but up top. And I think that she likes how I care a lot and I get awkward like this <laughs> and I bring snacks. I'm a big snack bringer. Ooh, what's in the lineup? Well, it's just like, you know, when you're on the way to see someone, it's like the bodega's right there. Yeah. The flower stand is right there. The fruit stand is right there. But I tailor, I tailor my snack bringing, okay? I tailor my little like offerings, my little squirrel. Yeah squirrel offerings um high chew is a big one high chew okay i chew we love a high chew i just did a trader joe's run on the way back from work Ooh. trader joe's snacks they keep you guessing man <laughs> with those snacks <laughs> i was like what is this all right sure but i just grab it boyfriend points boyfriend <laughs> points snacks are such easy boyfriend points people yes that's my advice for you i mean i can be one over with snacks I literally just started doing a sport where snacking is part of the sport. 
Hell yeah. Or there's that there's also that drinking game people do with Mario Kart. I was playing Mario Kart the other day with a roommate. And there's apparently there's some sort of challenge where it's like you have to finish a white claw in the time it takes you to do the race. <gasps> Can you imagine? No, I could not because I'm very good at Mario Kart. So <laughs> same, same. I'm pre- we should play sometime. Yes. You can bring the snacks. Yeah. My therapist would say, I'm too hard on myself. She would say, I'm too hard on myself. I'm really good. Oh, here's one. I'm really good at forgiving everyone but myself. I feel all that. Yeah. I was like, now I'm sad. Well, to make you more sad, what would your ex say about you? I'm quite cordial with all of my exes. Far one and a half of them which given my number is like a pretty small if you percentage wise is pretty small (laughs) do you know your number someone asked me this yesterday and i i was like oh no i don't know my number i think it's around well what are we what are we counting here you know and like are we counting college (laughs) you know college is like a little bit of a have you ever told your number on the podcast? No. I mean, my number changed a lot. My number doubled after my wife and I opened up our marriage. So, sure. That yeah. makes sense. I actually don't know what my number is. I know it's in the double digits and it's not in the triple digits. So there's a range. There we you. go. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I never get caught up about someone's number and I don't ask people that I'm dating about their numbers like that's oh yeah I definitely don't either I yeah mean, it's just it just comes up as a point of curiosity sure like, later or whatever if you're right. talking about something or the other but yeah I mean I'm just like how many honestly if you think about it how many bedrooms have you seen you know it's like why would you be seeing so many bedrooms unless you were having sex with someone yeah like how many <laughs> bedrooms do you feel like you've seen in your lifetime i mean in new york i feel like some people all there is is a bedroom so that's very true <laughs> and now after the pandemic i feel like on zoom i've logged visuals of everyone yeah i've clocked them all yeah <laughs> gotten some design ideas no how many partners do you have at the moment what a good question. I'm actually sort of... What's the landscape? The landscape is murky. The landscape is like Mario Kart, consistently changing uh, texture and environment. You know, you're on a bridge and then suddenly you're in the water. And you're like, oh no, I'm in the water. But you're like, mm, I can drive through the water. That's interesting. <laughs> wow, who knew we were going to come up with a whole ass Mario Kart metaphor? This is amazing. We could probably really run this. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right now, comfortably got my own cart. Okay. Got a buddy that races with me. Mm, this isn't going to work. Uh, and, and another, we're not playing with computers, are we? See, this is what gets confusing. I don't I think have, so. I have one partner that I've been seeing for a little less than a year. It was a showmance. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a lot of those? I'm not above a showmance. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, not like not on purpose, <laughs> not on purpose. But this this okay. Since I was, I think fourteen, and I'm not going to tell how old I am now. But literally since junior high, I think I'd always been seeing at least one person 
up until 2021. Wow. And then in 2021, I was like single, like truly single for like a year. Because of the pandemic or? Because of a breakup. Uh, And then I think I just, that one was pretty, that one was pretty heartbreaking. So I think actually I was, I had never really experienced, and it taught me a lot. Like now my relationships are more intentional. Yeah. So that's good. But yeah, that one taught me a lot. And then I think for a year I like stewed in it and was in therapy twice a week. Yeah. And so now I think I'm like, I'm like chilling. I'm like, all right, cruise cruise control a little bit. I don't have to like, you know, go bonkers bananas. So when you say you've always had one person, like you always had someone lined up next? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, either that or like, like in college, I was I was with someone that I knew from high school, but we didn't go to the same college. And so, you know, we were like open. Yeah. I'm also, uh, this is, I guess, a warning label. Uh, I also am like, I'm the guy who's like, I'll flirt till I'm blue in the fucking face. Like you, <laughs> I'll flirt till I'm blue in the face, but I won't, I'm not going to be the one to close that 25%. Like I'll give you 75% for years. But if you don't, if you don't come to me and you're like, hey, this is happening, I'll just, I'll just, I'm chill there. I'm, wow. I'm chill in that zone okay. for a really long time. This is very important for people to know who are interested. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I love my friends. Yeah. I don't, like, this gets into like poly talk, right? Like, right. I love my friends. And I, I would have sex with friends, but like not to turn it into like, not a friendship, you know? Yeah. Like, if a friend and I were both, like, bored and sex sounds fun, like, yeah, why not? Like, I I don't necessarily see sex as, like, something that's inherent to a romantic relationship. But I'm also never going to be the one to suggest it, so good luck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, like, the antithesis for this podcast. I'm going to end up being the, like, example of, like, don't do this. Don't do whatever the heck happened here. I think that there there is a market for the goods that you're putting out there. Great. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. What are some red flags in other people, like ones that are maybe a little bit more offbeat? So I know things, you know, usually people say like, well, nobody who's a bigot, like clearly. Sure. But what's something? That's a good question. Because my first instinct was to be like, when people are mean, even Mm -hmm. if you're like being mean about someone else in my presence, Mm -hmm. what is to stop you from being mean about anyone, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you have that, like, yeah, I don't like mean. And that's not really specific enough, but. Are you on the apps? Like, is there something that is an automatic swipe left for you? After I've described my horrible (laughs) (laughs) half-assed dating thing. I am on a couple of them, I think, but I have never gone on like a date or had a substantial conversation with anyone because I, I guess what it is, is like, I don't understand, like apps are asking us to be reductive about a person. Sure. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how to do that very well. I don't think because it's not even like, was I right or was I wrong? It's just like, I can't possibly be right. And I can't possibly be super wrong either. Yeah. You know? My partner 
surprises me every day with something that she like says or does or whatever. But I'm really glad that I met her not through an app because do people ever talk about things like he's like, thank God I didn't meet you on the app or like looking at someone's like app profile after you've been dating them and being like, ugh, like that's not you. <laughs> like I sometimes feel like people j- j- don't know how to sell themselves well. Case in point. <laughs> Case in point. I don't know how to sell myself. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You mentioned in your pitch, in your well-structured, thought-out pitch, that you have a hard time making decisions or having to make choices. It made me wonder, what's your sign? <laughs> I shall report. I am a Gemini, uh, Sun, Venus, and Mercury. Okay. <laughs> Aries Moon, Sagittarius Rising. In addition to Aries Moon, I'm also an Aries Mars. All right. That's a lot of information right there. A lot of hot air. Not a single speck of dirt. No earth. No earth anywhere near. I'm all earth. Really? Yeah. I feel like we may have talked about this already. Possibly. (laughs) But I am surrounded by a lot of Capricorn energy. I think if I weren't surrounded by Capricorn energy, I would have flown off the fucking handle and yeeted myself out the window. I mean, we love to make a decision, so. Yeah, I think that's that's what it is. Well, most decisions are absolutely arbitrary to me. And also, maybe this ties into like, I'm not a huge fan, or at least I haven't been particularly successful in like hierarchy as well. I don't really quite understand it. And I think that has to do with like, that links into like, I don't know how to compare things sometimes. Interesting. Yeah, I'm really bad at comparisons. So in terms of hierarchy in the poly world, then are you looking for different partners to kind of fulfill different needs and desires of yours versus like, oh, I'm attracted to this type and now I have like three of them? (laughs) 
Ooh, <laughs> that would depend on who you ask. <laughs> Friends have claimed that I have a bit of a physical type. And what's that? Don't make me. I love a femme with, like, good hair, probably dark hair. And <laughs> I think I was in denial about this until this current partner. But I think I do like I'm a little bossy. Okay. And I think I was able to be in denial about that until this one. But, like, never have I been more of a, like, bottom bitch boy. I've hit new heights. Or, I guess, hit new lows. If bottoms, whatever. I mean, the the actor-director relationship. Uh, <laughs> Are you referring to one of my ex? Oh, no, I wasn't. Oh. I, but, but it could also refer to one of your exes that I know. But, no, um... <laughs> I'm saying that if you like to be bossed around, maybe because as an actor, you you like some direction. I like to be, it's not even direction because also, hilariously, I don't like to be told what to do. (laughs) Gemini. uh, Well, okay, sex, fine, maybe, sure, probably. But like outside of that, it's not that I like being told what to do. It's like, I love a, I love a guideline. I love a, I love a box, like a, like a, lightly guided structure like yeah, yeah, yeah. gutters in a bowling alley you know you can play in here but like that's where we want to you know actually i'm gonna say that's your sag rising because my wife is a sagittarius and how dare i say she should do anything oh yeah I'm really <laughs> da- oh yeah the moment you tell me to do something i'm like <laughs> i bet never never will i ever do that for you ever. It, or it's more like me saying that she shouldn't do something to a point where it's like you shouldn't step on that fire and she'll be like you think i don't don't tell me i'm not a toddler you can't tell me what to do i think most of my partners have learned that about me and so when i'm like literally can't make a single decision about like where to eat like i called someone uh yesterday and i was like walking down sixth avenue and i was like what do i get for lunch and i was like i was thinking kava I was thinking Chipotle. I was thinking maybe there's a McDonald's. Just salad is like kind of mid, you know, or whatever. And in my head, I was like, I want to go to Cava. And then she was like, what's, she was like, you should go to Chipotle. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll go to Chipotle. She was like, what's Cava? And I was like, it's Mediterranean, but Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle. And she was like, oh, that's better. Go to Cava. And I was like, no, I don't want to go to Cava anymore. I was thinking I was going to go to Cava, but then you told me to go to Cava. And now I don't want to go to Cava anymore. And then she was like, are you fucking kidding me? But then like. Jokes on her. I had walked into Kava. <laughs> really, it's really chaos brain up here. Is what I'm. It's what I'm trying to say. But like, that's a completely arbitrary choice. Shifting gears. Well, I mean, this does involve making decisions. What's one of the best dates you've ever taken a person on? First of all, bold of you to assume I've ever taken anyone on a date. <laughs> Just after I profess my like new bottom boy status uh, <laughs> but it's true up until like i i've always been like I'm a top, I'm a top, I'm a top. uh you know i just took the partner whose apartment i'm in for valentine's day i'm not a valentine's day guy but for valentine's day i took her to a screening at lincoln center of this documentary called fire of love because she's a big documentary fan have you heard of this documentary i haven't these two French volcanologists from the, ooh, I don't want to F this up, 80s question mark? Okay. I might have F'd it up. But there were like these two people who study volcanoes 
that fell in love because they both studied volcanoes and just like traveled the world studying volcanoes together and then died in a fucking volcano. Wow. And they have 200 plus hours of incredible footage because they were like stupid daredevils about it. They would just like walk right up, you know, and just be like, I'm going to film this. Yeah. I'm going to get closer. And they they really traveled the world. And uh, it's a really, it's really, really cool documentary. I mean, some of that footage is is unreal. That's so romantic. Yeah. Dying together in a volcano. So that was nice. And they like they they made it like a nice screening. And then we went to a dinner afterwards. We did something earlier that day, I think, as well. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not a huge I'm not super great at the like big gestures because the moment you've this is what it is right is the moment you're like make it a date then i'm like no i'm not gonna make it a date <laughs> but it's like all the time i'm like hey do you want to go like do this fun thing and then go to dinner or like hey i was thinking we could go to this fun place or whatever but those don't i don't know i don't feel like those are dates yeah I'm probably wrong i don't like categories either so defy categorization really chaotic why won't you ever move to la <laughs> because everyone says I sh- like kind of expects that I should I think is part of it seeing but a pattern like, yeah. gonna do it I'm like never now that you've asked and I just I love New York I really love New York and I love the theater scene in New York yes and I think that like in addition to having an incredible queer community in the city the theater community is also unbeatable and it's like taken me years to cultivate and it's it's very scary to me the idea of going to LA although I'm a big fan of change. I'm very, I'm like hugely adaptable, probably too adaptable, actually, my therapist would say. But so I don't think it's like the change that scares me. I think it's the like starting over and not having community that would scare me a little bit. Yeah. Also, like people spend so much time in their cars. Yeah. Trying to find parking. Yeah. Bonkers. There are a lot of good reasons not to move to LA. I was just curious what genre yours were. Do you like LA? You know, The first time I went to L.A., I liked it a lot, similar to Vegas. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And then I also was like, why do I live in this garbage city that is New York? Here, everything is beautiful and sunny, and the weather is great, and the vibes are great, and I love it here. And then I tried doing some stand-up comedy shows, and I was like, take me back to New York immediately. I I feel like um sorry LA this is not gonna be nice I feel like the when I went to LA I was like oh this is like a weird Instagram influencer simulation that I didn't like sign up to participate in <laughs> you know sometimes you go to a restaurant and you're like I simply want food but it feels like I have to like be here yeah. You know, I guess, too, because when I go, I'm seeing friends that I don't hang out with much. So I always thought like, oh, L.A., everything's going to be like so superficial. But then when I go there, I'm just hanging out with people I like. So that makes it nice. Yeah. You know, true, true. I also like the fact that not everyone is in the industry here. Yes. You know, you sit at a bar and you're like, what do you do? And they're like, I'm a, I don't know. I actually don't remember the last time I did that. Went to a bar and asked someone, what do you do? Yeah. Well, because that not that, aren't you not supposed to do that? Isn't that boring? I was going to say, I stopped asking people what they do. I like try to set it up. So sometimes I get so curious and I try to wait for them to volunteer it. But two things shaped that. Like one thing was I had an ex who was unemployed a lot 
and that she hated being asked, and that's what a do you do? Yeah, yeah, because it's like to a point where she wouldn't want to go out where she was going to meet new people because she didn't want to have to keep telling people that she was in between jobs. That is that makes so much sense. And then also <laughs> one time somebody I worked with was saying like, yeah, this person like right off the bat just asked me what I did. And it's like, why are you so nosy? That's so rude. And I was like, is it rude? I would hate like I would hate to be rude. So I just stopped asking. I was like, I didn't know this was a thing that people think. I feel like my general go-to when I'm like meeting a stranger is I'll just be like, what did you get up to today? And like you can choose to offer me like silly little day-to-day details that I love to hear about. You know? Yeah. And it's like I always make my iced coffee with honey in the morning. Oh, that's cool. Like that's just like a cute little fact that you can talk about. Or like people can choose to offer what it is that they do or they can choose not to or they didn't work today and it doesn't matter because work doesn't mean everything. Fuck capitalism. Okay, right, anyways. right. <laughs> like like I, I went to my my silly little day job this morning and like – I didn't think anything of it after I left, you know? Right. Like, you don't want to talk and, like, about it. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I did those hours, to be honest, for my personal growth or whatever. Yeah. So. I just change it to what do you like to do? And I feel like that's that can be more interesting than what do you do? It feels more loaded. I also always just end up talking about, like, TV and film. and Yeah. Things you're passionate about. Yeah. And you can tell a lot about a person. If they liked certain movies or... Yeah, why don't you say, like, what are some tops for you right now? Like, uh, a top movie you'd want to recommend, a top TV show, and a top show that's, like, running in New York at the moment. Oh, well, I mean, I have been pretty vocal about everything everywhere all at once. That's an easy answer, I feel. But yeah. that is ju- that just so happens to be, like, I, I really... I really feel very strongly about that film for a lot of reasons. And I also, (laughs) this current partner, I wouldn't let her watch it on streaming. I was like, you have to watch it in the theater. Yes. The first time. Yeah. Like, don't watch it on, you know, your iPad or whatever. No. I felt pretty strongly about that. TV. I'm a little contrarian also in that, like, when people are like, this show's so good. I'm like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to watch it. So this partner has convinced me in the last year to start Game of Thrones. Never watched it. Don't. To start Succession. I'm just going to start the newsroom recently. And like, I truly hadn't watched a, a single episode of Game of Thrones until this year. Yeah. Comedies. I, I feel like since the pandemic, I've gravitated towards comedies because I'm, I just can't. I need some levity. I also love The Magicians. That's a deep cut. Okay. Did you ever watch that show? I didn't, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I always called that show the best show that no one ever saw. But that's a kooky show. Take an edible and watch that show. That show's great. All right. (laughs) And then theater? Oh, boy. I see a lot of theater. Recently, I really... uh, I took my partner, who is... She's Indian. I took her to Public Obscenities last night. Soho Rep. Which is beautiful. Wolf play is beautiful. The trees just closed, but that was beautiful. Lots of queer happenings in theater. And not just queer as in, like, subject matter or characters. Like, I think that what's really cool about theater that's not really happening in film and TV is that people are queering the form. Like, I'm a big believer in the word queer as a verb. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. 
thinking outside of the box and subverting expectations and norms. Like, what are norms? Blech. So, like, I'm a big fan of, like, some of the stuff I've seen in theater lately and being like, that's the queerest freaking thing I've ever seen. And it's not even about the people, the characters yeah. or whatever. It's just like, that was weird. Yeah, you're How not talking about Melissa Etheridge on Broadway. You're talking about... <laughs> no, I'm not a big Broadway guy. Oh, I took her to see Broadway for her birthday because she likes it. Well, I mean, it it sounds like you and your partner are doing a lot of fun things together. So I think that's a selling point. I'm generally pretty, like, I'm down to do anything. Also, like, I love these weird little... The city is also good for that. Like, go fucking do archery or, like, arcade or take a baking class or something. Go learn how to put peanut butter in stir fry. If you do peanut butter and sriracha... I mean, it, it makes sense to me. When you said that, I was like, that, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I lie to myself and say it's protein, you know? <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's protein. No one, <laughs> no one called me out on that. Although that's the one thing I get called out for on this po- that, that <laughs> fine with me. All right. Well, who would you like ideally to be sliding into your DMs? Do they have to be New York based? Genders, sexuality, age range, how familiar they are with the world of polyamory. Oh, this is getting the, into the nitty gritty. Okay. I think I am ready for having conversations with like other people who have practiced polyamory in some way, shape, or form. Not even practically, but like think because I think sort of quickly in conversations with people about polyamory you can kind of tell like what like what direction they're coming at it from like if it's from the like yeah i always kind of was like confused by monogamy or if it's like you have a lot of thinking to do about how to decenter monogamy in your like thinking process because those mm. are two very different conversations yes like, i don't experience romantic jealousy as a concept and i never did so when i was like growing up and dating and people like tried to use it as a tactic or a manipulation, it would go straight over my head because I wouldn't understand like why I'm supposed to be upset about this thing that I'm obviously supposed to be upset about or like, right. If you want to go spend time with this person, who am I to stop? I don't know. I anyways. So yeah, I am also very experienced in talking with people who have never practiced polyamory before. I don't know. There's some good books out there. Actually, if someone wants to DM me with some good books they've read on polyamory, I would love that age range mid-20s up to (laughs) i don't know i decay oh i don't know if they have to be based in new york i kind of like the idea of having i do have people all over the place kind of that i'm like damning or whatever and actors are all over the place as well yeah they call that comets right in polyamory oh i think that's a term it's like okay yeah you know, if that I makes know sense. I'm like flying to Toronto for work and I'm like, ah, right. I have a buddy in Toronto. Yeah. Like it's like a comet, I think is what they call it. Yeah. Someone can correct me if that's not the case. I'm more of like a kitchen table poly kind of person. So I love an artist, I think. I think someone has to be really well versed in like speaking about art and have a lot of emotional intelligence. And just like, a, I don't know, sense of fun. I'm not a very serious person. <laughs> in term, despite the black turtleneck, you are not yes, a serious dude. Yes, this is dude. my cosplay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to a con. And are you looking for anything specific in terms of like the 
the type of relationship like like friends with benefits, hookup buddies, or some are you also open to something a little bit more serious? I'm definitely open to something more serious. Personally, I'm interested in like a little more casual of a of a deal. Um, the only thing that makes me anxious about saying that I want something more serious is I don't necessarily mean that in like a, a relationship escalator type of way. Right, right. I do mean it in like an in, in emotional intimacy type of way. Like I don't have that much experience like sleeping with total strangers. Like I don't know if I can completely right. separate myself from like giving one shit about a person, you know? <laughs> I have friends who are out here... They don't know this person's last name. They don't right. give a sh- They don't care. And I'm like, that is great. Maybe I could do that. But it's that, it's not been my MO. Communication is key, obviously. I'm trying to get better about buying communication as well and like sticking to my guns and sticking to my boundaries, figuring out how to have them and how to recognize them, I think is also a part of that that some people don't realize they like need to work so much on. Yeah. Or be aware of. Yeah. You know? But Every single person is literally different. Like, that's why I'm poly. Like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to fall in love with the same person twice. I'm not the type to be like, I like this type of person. And then I have like three of them. That's the thing you said earlier, right? The example. Right, right, right. Yeah. When I go, yeah. Yeah. It's not like pink Yoshi, green Yoshi, blue Yoshi. I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so good. Oh, gosh. We should have brought that in more. Gosh, darn. Yeah, it's not like I want a blue Yoshi, a green Yoshi, and a yellow Yoshi. Tanuki, that's a furry. Tanuki Mario, that's a furry. Yeah. No war no Wario's to me. No Wario's. Wario's are a little yeah, Wario's are a little rough. I always play as Inkling Boy. Okay. That's my vibe. That's my vibe. And my handle is King Baby, so love it. <laughs> that's where you can find me. <laughs> I didn't mean to pitch my switch. Thing. Yeah, you can find Sagan on Switch. Uh, where else? Where should people be finding you and shooting their shot? Mostly Instagram. I will say the Instagram inbox is not very kind to me. It swallows a lot of messages, <laughs> they say, as a disclaimer. Um, but I'm on Instagram at Sagan.chen, S A G A N dot C H E N. Um, I do need to come up with a social media platform where my handle is Sagan like Carl, but I haven't figured out where. Maybe I'll do it on Lex. I don't know what I'm on, like what I am is on Lex. On TikTok, I am Inspiration51. That's embarrassing. That's a deep cut. That's like way back in middle school. I was like, this is funny. And I think for TikTok, because I didn't ever want my TikTok to be like a real thing. I yeah. was just like, whatever. But now I'm like, I don't know. I guess you can do that too. Love it. Anything else you want to say to to the listeners? I'd like to say that I hope I feel the most overwhelmed by my chaos in the last hour or however long it's been and that I don't completely overwhelm anyone else on this podcast. I'm generally quite friendly and would love to have a conversation anytime, except maybe in the bathroom. It's a little weird. Love it. Thank you so much, Sagan. Thanks. All right, I had such a fun time catching up with Sagan. And actually, after we ended the recording, I got to meet his partner, who was absolutely charming. But, you know, there is room for more. So if you think it's you, 
Uh, give Sagan a follow. Hit him up. Slide into his DMs. Get that bottom boy energy. All right. Uh, make sure you are following us. It loves a pitch. Us being me plus the podcast. Uh, follow me personally at TGI Carolyn. I'm going to be doing some more stand-up shows in uh, the coming months. So if you want to catch one of those, check that out. Uh, you can rate and review this podcast at Apple Podcasts. want to remind you that it is produced and edited by the wonderful Caitlin White and the music is by Velico. Thank you so much for listening and now I'm going to go play some Mario Kart if you know what I mean. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.